good morning. Thank you for joining us as we come together and worship God through song and through his word. If you join us as we come together and worship through angels from the realms of glory. Good morning. It is good to have you with us, whether you're here in, in person or whether you're online. We're thankful that you're here. We're thankful that you came to, to worship, to sing the songs, and to look into God's Word. And uh, we, we want to pray together. Father, thank you for this day. Father, thank you for your grace and mercy. Father, it allows us to, to have a restored relationship with you. Not because of what we have done, but because of what you have done for us. Sending your Son because you loved us. And Father, that He, that Jesus, Father, thank you that you took our place on the cross, that you shed your blood, that you gave your body, that we might have the remission of sin. Father, we might have a restored relationship. We thank you. Father, we pray this day, Lord, as we sing. Father, speak to our hearts, speak to our minds. Draw us to you. Father, pray for the one who doesn't know you, Lord, our who's your one. Father, there are names on that list of people that we know, that we are pretty sure, who do not know you as Lord and Savior. And there may be somebody listening with us today, whether here in person or online, but Father, who will listen in the days to come. Father, I pray that your spirit would move that person, draw them to you, that they'd answer your knock upon the door, 
Father, we might count them as a new brother or sister in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Please join us again as we come together and worship through song.
All right, if you have your Bibles, you're following along the Bible up, you're here, it's going to be on the screen. But we're going to go back to the book of Joel. We're going to pick up where we left off in the early part of December. We're going to pick that up in the uh, 28th verse of the second chapter. And, and how do I connect this? This is like the day after, two days after Christmas. This is the, the day of the Lord, is what the book of Joel talks about. During Christmas, we celebrated Jesus coming for the first time. To be born of a virgin in a manger and eventually to die on a cross. What we wait for now is Jesus to come again. He won't come back as a baby, but yet he'll come back riding on a white horse. And so we're going to talk about that. I want to ask you a question. What happened when God sent his son? We're talking about Christmas. What happened when God sent his son? What happened when God sent his spirit? And what happened when God sent His judgments? Of course, to put all of those questions together means that they have the same answer, or can have the same answer. And it is, as God has worked to send His Son, remember He sent angels to proclaim what He had done. He put a star in the sky that the Magi followed in shortly after the birth. They got to see the baby Jesus. When God sent His Spirit, we're going to read from that in Acts chapter 2, when God sent His Spirit, God also sent a word so that we'd know 
what was going on. When God sent His judgments, as in the book of Joel and other places, God doesn't act and do something and not leave us a note to tell us what's going on. God sends us a prophet so that we understand. Because I, I'm looking at, when I looked at that star, and we talked about this on Christmas Eve, that star, that, that the lining up of, what was it, Jupiter and Saturn together, it made this brilliant light in the sky. I don't know about you, but I'm just going to confess. I wouldn't have known it was going to happen nor to look in the sky at night right after sunset to see that. Somebody had to proclaim that so I could see that. I think today and in, throughout the history, God has acted, but I don't think that we would actually see that or know that unless God spoke through the angels or through a prophet to let us know what's going on, to help us to determine that God wants our attention, that God has a message for us. Let's recap Joel so we can get back up to speed. When we open up the first chapter, it is the, uh, the judgment by the locusts. Judgment by the locust. If I just put locust up there, we don't see God, God at work. But God was at work. God was the one who sent the locust. Remember, there were four rounds of locust. The first one went through, there was still some left. Second one went through, there was a little bit less left. Third one went through, there was a little, little bit less, right? And by the time the fourth one went through, there was nothing. And it affected everybody. The judgment that God sent on His nation was for everybody. First it affected the drunkards, and then it affected the farmers, and then it affected even the religious people. It had all, across all levels, God was trying to get their attention. Then, in the second chapter, it is the judgment by the armies. Who would work like the locusts? But the locusts didn't carry them off, but the armies would. So it was God acting in history. God telling them that this is coming. And it did occur. And then the, the beautiful beginning of a turn. Because even in the first chapter, there's a call for the people to get together and to lament and to cry out to God. To repent. And, and I, you know, when you look at that, it is oftentimes what happens if you make that decision, oftentimes we don't know what happens if I make this choice. I don't get to look past where I'm standing at and I've got to make the decision. Uh, kind of like the old let's make a deal game. Behind the curtain, the person picking didn't know. The, the audience on TV might know what's behind that curtain, but the, the person standing there had no idea whether it was a good thing or whether it was a bunch of goats, Right? And that's, you know, you had to make that choice. In Joel, God gives the word to Joel and, and, and actually gives them the what if. If you will repent, I will restore. I'll make up for the lost days. And on and on, we see that God would bless the people. That the, the after would be better than before but what happened, what, what it hinges on is our response to God's Word. Our response to God's Word. So that's 
where we're at, and we're going to pick it up in the 28th verse. We're going to see a, a beautiful passage of Scripture, just five verses here. Let's read them together. This is out of the New York Standard. It will come about that this, after this, that I will pour out my Spirit on all mankind, and your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on the male and female servants, I will pour out my Spirit in those days. I will display wonders in the sky and on the earth, blood, fire, and columns of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And it will come about that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be delivered. For on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there will be those who escape. And the Lord, as the Lord has said, even among the survivors whom the Lord calls. Why do these verses sound familiar? I mean, they, they, I hope that as you read them, it's like, I don't know that I've read Joel before. I don't, you know, Joel's one of those books you've got to find, right? In the Old Testament. You've got the old Piper Bible, you're going, where is it, right? I'm looking in the, in the beginning to see where it's at. So why do those verses that, that seem hard to find sound familiar? Remember on the day of Pentecost? The disciples had watched Jesus ascend into heaven. And, and they went to Jerusalem and they prayed. And then on the day of Pentecost, as they're gathered together, the Spirit poured out on them. And it says that they spoke in languages so that everybody gathered together of different nationalities could hear and understand. And, and when you look at it, it seemed like madness. Matter of fact, the people that were witnessing what was going on with the disciples, now the apostles, what was going on, are these guys drunk? Was their response. That was their explanation. Here, here I, want you, I want you to think about that for a minute. Because it plays into what we're talking about this morning. When God acts, oftentimes we want to assign to it something that we understand rather than to look and to see that God is at work. We want to assign, you know, the, the locust, well, it's just one of those things that happens every hundred and something years. No, it's God acting. Then the army comes. Well, our army's not strong enough, it just happens. No, it's God acting. And so, when God brings the Spirit down like flaming tongues and lands on these men and these, these men begin to do something they've never done before, the world wants to assign it to drunkenness because they can't understand that God is at work. So Peter, in the midst of that, he explains it and he quotes Joel. He says, these men are not drunk. And then he begins to quote Joel, and we're going to read this in Acts chapter 2, 17 through 21. And it shall be in the last days, God says, that I will pour forth my spirit on all mankind, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men dream dreams. Even on my bond slaves, both men and women, I will in those days pour forth my spirit, and they shall prophesy. 
And I will grant wonders in the sky above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord shall come. And it shall be that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Think about that statement. Pour out my spirit. Pour out my spirit. When God acted in the prophecy of Joel, God brings the, the, the locusts, God brings the armies, and He brings the judgment upon the nation. God does that. When God acts in history, it is to draw His creation back to Him. We need to understand that. You see, when, when God created us, He created us not to walk in sin and to walk away from Him, but God created us so that we might be worshipers of Him, so that we might have fellowship with Him. We were, when you back up into Genesis, in the very first part of chapter 3, you understand that we were made to walk with God. But we find ourselves in today, in this prophecy of Joel's time, and in our time, we're not walking with God. That relationship is broken. And so when God acts in the time of Joel, it is to draw His people back him to turn away from the areas where they have put their false their their trust in in areas that would leave them broken in areas and things that they would place their trust in and those things would fail them because they can't do what god can do they are nothing like god matter of fact in that 27th verse preceding that they would find that there is no one else like God. And so God acts in a way to draw us back into the intended relationship where we put our trust in Him, where we love God with all our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength. And then because of that, we begin to love our neighbor. That's what God wants to do. That's what God wanted to do in Joel's time. That's what God wanted to do. When, when God sent His Son, what is that? That's part of the plan to reconcile us in a right relationship because Jesus Christ on the cross shed His blood for our sins. He did what we could not. He paid the price that we should have paid. We couldn't earn our way back into His presence. But because God acted through His Son and sent His Son to be the sacrifice for our sins, to become the propitiation for our sins, we now can have that right relationship restored. God pours out His Spirit to bring His people back. In Acts, God is pouring out His Spirit to do what? To bring His people back. To bring His people back. What a, what a beautiful passage of Scripture to see. When I read in Joel chapter 2, 
I'm going to ask you the question because in Joel chapter 2, I begin to see that God restores the land. The land that is desolate now is made green once again. The crops that were not there are now producing in abundance. The trees bearing fruit are now producing in abundance. The enemy that carried away is gone and banished. The thing I, I think about in that is our, our mindset is to stop there. To stop with the material blessings. What too often we want is for God to step in and, and give us things. Material things. The icing on the cake, so to speak, as I read through this, is not that God would restore our crops and remove our enemy and put food back on our table in abundance, but that God would move in such a way to bless us spiritually, eternally. It's not enough to have a good life now. Jesus Christ died not so that we'd have good health, right? He didn't die so that we'd have an abundance of things in our closets, in our garage. He died so that we might have a restored relationship which is greater than all of that. All of the material things that God could give us. So in, in Joel, when he moves through these physical blessings and finally comes to the point where he says, and in those days, I will pour out my Spirit. God's Spirit working among us on all mankind. On all mankind. You know what, what that means? In the Old Testament, whose responsibility was it to read the Scripture and preach the Scripture? It was the priest or the prophet. Matter of fact, up until the Gutenberg Bible, it was... It was chained to a pulpit. We, we use that term, a pulpit Bible. But it came from the time when they actually had it chained to the pulpit because they didn't want it to go anyplace. And it was the, the preacher's job, or the pastor's job, or the reverend's job, for you to come in on Sunday, he'd read out of this book, and he'd tell you what it said. And, and sometimes... We think that it's, it's still the pastor's job. Do you understand the beauty of what happens in Acts chapter 2? Is the conveying of the message that God wants to draw His people back. That's why Jesus came. All the people understood was that they hung Jesus on the cross, that He died, that He buried Him. They're, they're getting exposed to the fact that He is raised from the dead, but they don't understand that. They need somebody to explain to them what happened. Because that's the first time that it's happened. They need somebody to, to provide clarity 
for what it is that Jesus Christ did on the cross. And on the day of Pentecost, God uses people who were tax collectors, people who were fishermen. God pours out His Spirit, and the people who don't have that position to relay the message of God begin to relay the message of God. Your sons and daughters, your bond slave, both male and female, your old men, your young men, these people God will use to get the message out. So as I read through there, the, the book of Joel, which starts out with, with darkness and judgment, the day of the Lord coming, as we move through the second chapter, there's the, 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 the hope of restoration. But then it, it, it goes even higher. As God is acting, as God is going to do things, the, the, the blood red moon, the, the, the clouds of vapor and our smoke in the sky, all of those things, God is going to pour out His Spirit on people who are not trained. People who have not been to college or seminary or schooled in it. But God is going to use people and speak through people to bring them back to Him. We live in a world that frankly is is a mess. We are dealing with, with COVID, right? You're, you're online. The seats around you are, are vacant of people that are normally here. We, we get daily reports about what's going on. We find out that, that the, the virus has made mutations around the world and, and, and now what we have as a vaccine may not work on that. I, I haven't read up all of that. I just, you know, I read headlines a lot. The headlines are not pretty. Um, our government can't get things in order. But yet we put our trust in them. We live in a world like the days of Joel, where we need to return to God. Where we really need a revival, a great awakening. We started praying for a great awakening. Did you quit praying for a great awakening? You may have, because you may have been worn out. But it didn't happen. That great awakening. We, as God has spoken to us and tried to draw us back. Everything that happens in our world, we explain away. It's not God acting in our world. It's, it's what we've messed up. It very well may be that God is working in our world. And we need to pay attention. What would be wrong if we would just Flat out say, God, 
Everything we have tried hasn't fixed our world. And I read in the book of Joel what fixes the world that Joel speaks to is the people returning to you. Maybe that's what we ought to do. Maybe we ought to to be a people about seeking out a right relationship with God instead of an accessory to the way we live on our lives. Instead of life insurance, just in case he's right. But in the meantime, I'm going to live like the rest of the world. It's time for us to look to God, to find out when we put our trust in the wrong places, to, to come back to that great command to, to love God with all our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength, and not have a distraction, not have something else that we're putting our trust in. But above and beyond all those things, understanding that God can work through those things. God can work through our government. God can work through the medical field. But when we put our trust in those things absent of God, we have done like those in the day of Joel who would have put their trust in the army. God could use the army of Israel, of Judah, but God wasn't going to do it absent of their trust in Him. And that's the difference. I heard us, I was reading um, an interview with Rick Warren this, this past week. So Rick Warren is the guy that wrote 40 Days of Purpose and, and that, you know, got the big mega church out in California. They haven't met in person as a church to do corporate worship, apparently since March. But as I read the article, his people are not meeting for worship, but they're still doing ministry in a different way than before, but they found needs and they're filling needs. And as they're doing so, it's not Rick Warren or the paid staff, but it's the everyday people that sat in the chairs or the pews and sang the songs and listened to Rick preach. Those people are beginning to share the gospel where they go. And even though the church hasn't met and hasn't had an altar call, thousands have become new believers. We need for God to pour His Spirit out on us. We need, as I read this, we really need a pouring out of the Spirit to allow God to speak through you guys. 
There's not enough preachers to make a great awakening happen. As he said, there's a revival going on even though we're not meeting. And it brings to bear exactly what we're reading out of Joel chapter 2. We need God's Spirit poured out so that He uses regular men and women, both old and young, slave and free, to speak the Word. What happened when Peter used that what are like 3,000 or 5,000 people baptized that day? What must we do? Repent. We have a message of hope the world needs to hear. Don't wait to bring them here. You know enough to share the message of hope. It's why we celebrated Christmas without the birth of his son, we don't have the forgiveness of sins. It is the message and hope of Christmas. I'm going to ask you today, we're going to, we're going to close up here, but God's not done. I pray that this is the beginning of what God is doing. That God has already been at work in your life, that God has already been in your life to, to make you aware of somebody that you know that doesn't know Him. Doesn't know the plan of salvation. And that God is going to work in the next days, weeks, months so that you get the opportunity to share the hope that you have. That God would pour His Spirit out on you. And we begin to see a revival as God works in our midst. Father, as we certainly look into, into Your Word, Father, and see the prophecy, Lord, of pouring out Your Spirit. Father, we see Peter referencing. Father, You worked through him and the apostles to share the message. Lord, as we hear stories even across our land in these times. Father, people allowing you to speak to them. Father, pray that you would speak to us, through us, to us and through us, Lord. That, Father, we might carry the message of a risen Savior. Father, of a Messiah. Father, to the people. Father, they might put their trust in the right place. Father, we might provide the example of what it looks like to put our trust in you and to allow you to work through men and women just like us. In Jesus' name, amen. When the music fades and all is stripped away and I simply come Longing just to bring Something that's of worth That will bless your heart I'll bring you more than a song 
for a song in itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within through the way things appear. You're looking into my heart. I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you, all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it, and it's all about you, all about you, Jesus. Thank you for, for joining with us. If God has spoken to you in any way and you are here, um, you can make your way down here or catch me and we'll talk about whatever decision it is that you need to make, maybe to pray with you. If you're online and watching us, know that, that if you'll message the page or, or put something in there, uh, the contact information will come up on the slide in a little bit where you can reach out to, to myself or to the church. And I, I want to have that conversation with you because I don't want you, God to work and, and you to open up the door not to know what to do next. I want to help, help you walk through whatever step it is that you need to, to take so that we can follow God, so that God can use you um, in, in a mighty, mighty way. And, and encourage you. We prayed before the service because for most of us, Christmas is over. And, you know, we've unwrapped all the presents, and Christmas has been different. Um, we talked to somebody who, first Christmas alone in all the years. And so Christmas has been different, and, and this is the time of year when, when we kind of get depressed. We're waiting for spring to come around. We're waiting to get back outside. I want you to know that you, you don't have to wait for that have the hope that you need and if you need somebody to talk to that we're here to talk to know that we're we're praying for you and I'm, I'm going to encourage you in just a moment he's going to put the slide up here and we're going to put the scripture reading up here just to read into God's word and see how God has worked in the past and know that God wants to work in your life so here's the readings from 2nd Corinthians on through Psalms and Proverbs and John I'll read those, and we'll have some videos about portions of those as we go throughout the week. On Wednesday, those videos pop up back on our Facebook page, but I encourage you to do that. And I want to thank you for joining us online, and I want to thank you for joining us in person. And let's go out and live the way that God would have us to live. Thank you.